Hi there, and welcome to today's episode of Heroes of Marketing Cloud. I'm Anthony, I'm the CEO of Deselect, and in today's episode, I'll be talking with Greg, also known as Gortonington, who has an extensive experience in Marketing Cloud, and he'll be sharing the things that he likes and has experienced working with the platform. He'll be shedding a lot of tips and insights that I think you'll find really useful, so enjoy. Hi, Gregory, welcome to the series. Hello, I'm glad to be here. All right. Well, I'm sure that some of our listeners have heard of you before, but could you just give us a short intro on what you do? Sure. Um, a lot of people know me uh, from Stack Exchange as Gore Tonington. Um, I've been in Marketing Cloud God, almost 12 or 13 years at this point that I've been working on it. Uh, I am Salesforce MVP. I am Salesforce Marketing Cloud Champion. Uh, I've been active in many, many communities. Uh, I've spent years, God, like uh, 10 years on client side. And now uh, I've been probably about total three or four years as an eight on an agency side. So I, I've kind of, you know, I like to say I've, I've seen it all. Uh, I've worked from the actual executions of uh, emails and uh, different aspects like that all the way up to strategy. So I, I've touched everywhere and I've right now I've decided that more of the development stuff is, is where, where I usually sit and, and work in. That's a great intro. Thank you so much. And uh, amazing experience you have. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned your nickname, Gortonington, because of course, people may know you from Salesforce Tech Exchange, where for those who don't know, uh, people can post questions and answer them. Uh, I was just kind of curious, like, how did you get started with that? Uh, well, <laughs> as to how the name Gortonian started, it was literally just I was a young man, uh, probably about like 10, 12. And I thought that sounded really cool. It was my first, you know, personal email address. And I like, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So it just kind of stuck around since then. I've been using it in, in different areas. And I, I preferred an alias because when I started Stack Exchange, I, I first found about, about it probably like seven years ago or so. And it, it took me about a year before I had the, you know, comfort to be able to actually create my own account. So it, it, it was, I, I decided to go with an alias rather than my actual name and I chose Gortonington. And since then, I, I mean, it's Stack Exchange is probably the favorite place of mine to go to interact because it gives you different viewpoints on different complex issues. So like you can attack things from, not just, you know, this is what I think you are able to see other people and other accounts and get ways to get out of those blinders so that you can find different solutions for your own problems, not just other people's problems. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a very useful platform. I've used it myself a lot and I've come across your answers, obviously. Uh, but these days you also run how to SFMC. So what should our viewers or listeners know about this? Well, I am involved in running it. There's actually a group of directors that we have. I'm just the, the managing director of it. So I kind of oversee the 
broader picture, but we have each one's different specializations. Like we have an ops uh, director, we have a social director, technology director, and so on. So there's there's a lot of people that are involved in this. And again, the idea there is to keep it so that it's not just, you know, this is Greg's idea of how things should be, but it's a community idea through, through almost a focus group of people. And the goal of how to SFMC, which I'm, I'm going to call how to now just to, to make it a bit easier because it. <laughs> it is a mouthful. So, it, but uh, the general goal is to expand where the documentation ends and to kind of create a resource for every aspect of marketing cloud that we can, because uh, we, we realize the reality of behind it, it just works is a lot of work and a lot of duct tape and bubble gum. Because there's times that best practice that, you know, you see on Stack Exchange or you see in the document somewhere that that doesn't work for you, that you need to have a different solution that doesn't fit what is the preferred way. So to that extent, what we do is we produce as well as provide different content to help the marketing cloud users. And this includes linking to other blogs, linking to videos. It doesn't have to necessarily be something that we have on our site. We are more than happy to provide different connections and relationships and things like that to, to make sure that everything is all available in a single spot for people to, to utilize. Right, and it is an absolutely great resource. We'll make sure to put the link in uh, the description of this video. Um, so viewers please uh, please check it out um, now you, you mentioned at the start that you've been working with Salesforce for a long time but when and how did you get involved with marketing cloud awesome yeah I, I do want to go back to the other just for one quick second there are also challenges tasks and surveys uh, that we we do as well to kind of keep an interactive element that that seems like a lot of people don't realize are are out there so i just wanted to make a quick note as to how i got into marketing cloud well uh <laughs> i i started out back in uh, about like 2007 where i worked in a three-person agency uh so, which I, I would just say uh, imagine three very angry middle-aged men inside of a closet that that was the agency which is <laughs> in, in air quotes but uh i was the only one in there that had any html or css knowledge so they shoved every single email marketing thing onto me so there's a lot of times that marketing cloud which was exact target at the time was the esp that i worked in now Keep in mind too that they're shoving all this on me and I am brand new. I'm like fresh out of college, no actual work experience, doing something that wasn't necessarily what I went to school for. So it was, it was a bit of an adventure. Uh, so from there, I wound up going to a local to me mortgage company, which was a very interesting experience because they went from where I joined a marketing team of three to when I left about 50 people in the marketing department. So like it was huge growth. And I mean, even putting in a little bit better perspective, this started out where it was a company that was very unknown that ha was in a suite inside of a single story office building, not the whole building, just a very small section of it to where they are now one of the top mortgage lenders in the United States and have multiple national headquarters throughout. So like it, it wow. was, 
huge amount of growth and it was very, very quick. And as I'm sure you've guessed during that time, I was the only one that knew marketing cloud and email marketing. So there was a lot to learn very, very quickly there, which helped me to be able to grow as an individual, almost a trial by fire, as well as to get experience starting to grow a team and get people up to speed there, which was awesome. Uh, from there, I moved to DEG, which I'm sure many people recognize. They're pretty oh, yeah. prolific, pro, wow, prolific inside of Marketing Cloud community. I mean, they got Adam Spriggs, who's, I mean, a great pillar of the Marketing Cloud community and also co-writer of the AmpScript guide. He literally wrote the book. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great agency and a great place to work. Uh, another aspect, I, I kind of always say uh, DG is my cheat sheet for how I was able to get to where I am because they've... Not only are they that prolific, but they've also recently joined with uh, the Dentsu Aegis Network, which I'm, I'm going to shorten to Dan, which allowed a, a global, global reach and were able to become the largest global Salesforce agency partner. And through that great big connection, I was able to learn and grow from many talented individuals they have, as well as I was able to get unprecedented materials and relationships that I, I just wouldn't have gotten anywhere else. It's a pretty interesting story where you grew from this very tiny company or almost like group of angry men I think you call it <laughs> to like being in this massive agency um, and you know I've spoken with Adam before of course he's immense influence in the uh, community now, one thing I was curious about is you mentioned you start working with exec target when you came right out of college so were you first exposed to Salesforce or to exec target uh, it was exact target first because it was all based off of email. So that, that was, you know, for a while, the platform to use for email marketing. And it wasn't until Salesforce purchased them that I really had much exposure to Salesforce itself. All right. So you uh, came in that way. Yep. Okay. And um, so exact target has changed a lot from what I can tell since its acquisition. So, um, what are the major things that you feel have changed over the years? Uh, I think the major changes have been that it's focused outside of email marketing. Like that is probably the biggest thing. They've made it a multimedium platform where it'll handle all aspects of marketing, not just email marketing. I think that is probably one of the largest uh, changes that they've done. Uh, there has been some changes as far as, you know, there, I'm sure there's been grumblings with people, but like the, the support and service around that has, has altered. I don't think it's necessarily as bad as people make it, <laughs> but yeah, there, there has been changes to the way that they, they handle that aspect of the business. Oh, for sure. And I think here, it's also interesting to note that might be very different between regions, um, I'm based in Europe where exact target was less prolific uh, at the start of the acquisition. Uh, so we don't always have this context, but when, you know, visit uh, the head office in Chicago for a, for a partner conference, you do hear the stories, of course. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I, another aspect too, you just made a great point is that market law was global, whereas exact target was a bit smaller. So, I mean, it's easier to have, personal support when there's less people so like it, it, that was probably a major influence as well to the difference there 
And it seems there used to be a lot more um, quote unquote professional services from the side of exact target where now um, they've made sure that the platform is more enabled towards consultants to do the implementation. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, seeing, seeing how the modules have expanded over the years, what, what aspect of marketing cloud do you enjoy the most? Uh, my favorite thing inside of marketing cloud is that pretty much with a bit of duct tape and bubble gum, you can make the system do pretty much anything you want. I mean, within reason, like you can't clone someone in marketing cloud, but <laughs> it, like uh, almost any aspect of uh, technical marketing you can accomplish in the platform. Uh, that being said, just because you can doesn't mean you should always, but sure. <laughs> having the ability to do it is a great thing. Um, like it, it kind of almost retains that that like Wild West feel that was, uh, and still to some extent is, uh, email marketing in the early 2000s. So like it, it's being able to have a platform that all inside of the platform, you can automate uh, the ingestion of data have it go then to where it all automatically segmented out and then create email send definition. So you can all have it where all you do is you drop a file to an FTP and it'll do all the rest. Like having a system that's able to do that in platform without any middleware or outside integrations is huge. I think, I think that power is unmatched in other platforms right now. Uh, yes. I, I, I do believe that's true. The technical capabilities of the platform are, pretty immense um but of course now and now you've sparked my curiosity what it's like the, what's been the most challenging or like crazy thing you've built oh most challenging one all right so that i would say is something i actually caused to myself like i i decided to make this and what it was was almost an automation dashboard to replace automation studio Oh, wow. Okay. The, the reason behind it was that, especially in an agency life, you're monitoring tons of clients, like your support team or, you know, campaign management team is looking at tons of clients. So having to log in, go to automation dashboard, scroll through there to find the relevant material and then log out and log into the next one. It's a huge step. So what I was looking to do is create something that would be able to, iterate through the different business units of different clients to be able to view it all in a single place in a, in a quicker way because I would have all of their relevant necessary information inside of the one screen instead of having to potentially click around. Now, that comes with a lot of issues along yeah. the lines of, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> along the lines, first off, security. So being able to make sure that no one that's not supposed to be on there is not on there is is a monumental task in itself so there was a lot of building around that that i i unfortunately can't share a lot of what i did because i i don't want to you know give away the secret sauce for that platform which sure. is running so i don't i don't want to you know tell you how to break into it but well, we, uh, well, we've been through a security review ourselves at dselect so i can sort of imagine the different steps you had to take and how to set up the authentication it is uh you know it's a super important but oh, absolutely. a bit of work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then from there, I had to try and figure out how to get the actual information out of Marketing Cloud onto this platform. And it was, it was an adventure to go through because the SOAP objects that we use are lackluster for automation. Like, there, there is information there, but the relevant stuff, like, say, 
last run date, next run, the schedule, all of that isn't easily accessible. And in order to get it, you have to go through two or three calls for each automation, which when you have hundreds, if not thousands of automation is, is a quite a task. So I started exploring rest and there's no documented endpoints on rest for automation studio, but there are some undocumented ones and through a bit of exploration there, I found the ones that I needed to be able to get it up and running. Of course it was running, but then when there was any volume, it kind of fell over <laughs> or it would take, you know, eight seconds, nine seconds, at which point it's like, well, it's, you know, it's good, but it's, it's running so slow. It might not be worth the effort. So I had to try and figure out how to work around that. I wound up going to where I would create a process in the background that would constantly be running, updating a JSON object inside of either like a content block or a code snippet that it would, then draw off for the platform would draw off of that. So it's not necessarily real time, but it's as close to real time as you can get. And it runs in, you know, one or two seconds instead of eight, nine, 10 or timeout. Absolutely. I mean, I, I find this uh, super interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit uh, hesitant to, to d um, dive too deep because uh, it might pose the risk of scaring away some of our audience. But um, at the risk of maybe giving away a bit of our own secret sauce, we also worked with the Automation Studio uh, API. But for our purposes, we made the design decision to step away from it because exactly um, some of its aspects are a bit of a black box. Uh, it's less so for activities, we noticed. So we're just going to build that whole automation layer ourselves. Yeah, yeah, that, that's one thing I always share too with everyone is when you dive into the uh, undocumented endpoints, it's a use at your own risk thing. And there is no guarantee of notice when they change anything on it. Now, it's not supported. Yeah, like it's it, so like building something to be used future facing or used inside of major operations is a potential for disaster because it could it, like you could break your entire setup and you don't know how you don't know when like it's just going to be a huge task to try and fix it if it's even possible to fix it so like that's one thing i always say like this was internal so i felt comfortable using them but yeah if it was, i was building this for a client or you know for for something like that it, it probably would not be possible with the the internal or i'm sorry the undocumented employees. i get it i get it. um now a little bit of a, a different topic because there's no way around it 2020 has been a challenging year for pretty much a whole planet um so i was curious what are the biggest challenges that you face today doing sfmc projects or supporting clients Ooh, yeah oh probably one of the greatest challenges is uh, I would say dealing with the fact that everything is changing. Like there, there is no set path there. There is no precedent for it. So now all of a sudden I'm at home. My wife is at home. My son is at home and we need to figure out how to allow all of us to be able to do what we do, whether it's remote learning, whether it's working remotely, whatever we need to do and dealing with that. And then also having the aspect of, because of all these shifts, there's a lot of different processes that were involved that are no longer 
capable of being done. Like they, they now have to be completely changed. Like uh, even something as simple as going to the supermarket. There's time. There was a time for a bit that we couldn't go out and do food shopping. We had Variety. to do order from home or, you know, things like that. And then inside of the uh, work aspect, there was tons of times that there would be collaboration in, in office, like whether it was through meetings or working sessions and all of that, that now we had to try and do virtually that, that I personally have always been a remote employee with uh, DEG, but it can greatly affect a lot of the the outside processes that people were doing in the office too. Like, the, so that effect then affects me as well. So like, it's, it's been a challenge because like, long story short, everything is changing. <laughs> Got it. But you do seem to uh, mostly list personal aspects in terms of impact. Yeah, I think the major reason for that is because I was already a remote person. So a lot of the changes were more of that people were coming into my environment instead <laughs> of <laughs> having to adjust to being outside. So like that that's probably why I would list that more than anything. I mean, at DEG, we were kind of lucky. Like um, we didn't have to worry about any any staff cuts or anything. And I, I got to say a huge shout out to the the higher ups in the company who were willing to take a cut to be able to ensure that happens. So, I mean, there was there was a lot of changes, but it wasn't as bad as it as it's been with other people. So I, I do want to give that that shout out to the company. Fantastic. And I'm, I'm sure you'll hear it. Thanks for that. Given, though, that you're uh, pretty much an expert. Um, homeworker, uh, if I can call it that way. Uh, <laughs> are there things that, because many of our viewers are probably doing this for the first time to this extent. So are there tips or tricks you could share with them to stay motivated as they work from home? Uh, sure. I would say probably the, the best tip is that you should get your separate own little office space in your house or wherever you're working and have that be your workspace. And I would recommend doing the same with your wife, roommate, friends, whoever you live with, have them have their own space separate because if you're working together at the same time, you're going to get on each other's nerves. And then once you're off work, you're going to have to deal with those <laughs> same <laughs> issues outside of work. So like, it's going to be straining on, on you and all of your relationships there. So that would probably be my biggest tip. Um, second is I'd recommend doing work-life balance goals. Like for instance, my newest one is to take about five minutes every hour and just do like some sort of calisthenic or activity to like push up, sit ups, uh, squats, things like that, just to keep the blood flowing, to take a break away from, you know, that, cause most of this type of work is all mental so like i'm not really oh, yeah. doing something so being able to take your mind a five minute break every hour is is a great thing if i may jump in here i think that that's probably true anyway even if you work at the office but hopefully oh, now people realize this more than before and this is this could be a positive change in the long run yeah i definitely hope so and i i mean it it also allows like sitting for eight hours nine hours ten hours it, it really adversely affects your body and just that little bit of movement can remove a lot of those different aches and pains and allow you to have a better concentration. I would say outside of those, the other thing I can recommend is caffeine. 
lots and lots of caffeine. Caffeine. <laughs> we'll, note, we'll note that down. <laughs> um, going back to the more technical aspect of uh, Marketing Cloud, um, you know, you have a very extensive experience here, uh, but what recent features to SFMC are you excited about? Uh, I would say the most recent feature is probably the transactional journeys uh, because I've always been a huge fan of the transactional API, but there's a lot of people and a lot of clients and businesses that are very hesitant to do that because when it was built, it was built to be almost hosted outside of the platform where mm -hmm. all of the calls, all of the uh, analytics and everything was done in a third party service. It was just making calls into marketing cloud. So to a lot of people that was like completely rebuilding and restructuring their existing trigger send definition setup in marketing cloud. So there was a lot of resistance there with the transactional journey. It allows you a user interface to help handle a lot of that stuff and relieve the giant uh, process to change it all. So like it's, it's been a godsend in different ways because <laughs> honestly the, the transactional aspects of the messages are much more efficient than the triggered send. So it's, it's, it's definitely the way of the future. Uh, I know there's a ton of other, awesome things that have popped out, especially around Journey Builder lately, but I just choose that one because it, it has the biggest impact to to me and my my uh, work. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I can imagine. And um, though there, there's one interesting thing here that I would say that the, the triggered sense and so on, all the custom dev was typically something that at least I would see happen more often in a big enterprise as opposed to a smaller company. Uh, so this may democratize that feature a bit. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree. Great. Now, um, still in this topic, do you think that all marketers should be technical marketers to some extent? Because, you know, so taking full advantage of the platform, even um, API aside, it does imply that you may know to know, uh, you may need to know SQL or perhaps script. I, uh, <laughs> I love this question and hate it at the same time. <laughs> Because <laughs> I always want to say yes, but it's it's a very unrealistic and unfair point of view. Like it, it's something that like it, it's almost because I do this every day. I want it to be important to everyone, which isn't the case. Like there there should be to an extent some shared knowledge of the platform and cross training in different areas. But like the whole goal of a marketing team is specialization. Like the the strategist has no reason to know script. Like they there's there's not going to be value there for them to know it. Like sort of like how there's the the database people shouldn't know it. Like they they should know their specific section and that's it. Like it, it's cursory knowledge is necessary to be able to understand the limitations of the platform, but the in-depth technical knowledge is not always a requirement for effective usage. I liked how you used the phrase cursory knowledge. Um, there was this idea for a while about T-shaped people, like the letter T, uh, <laughs> where you know um, a marketer should have cursory knowledge of different domains, but then specialize in one. Though, to what extent do you do you think that still holds true? And and do marketers, for instance, your strategic marketer in your example, would they have cursory knowledge of marketing cloud at all? 
I think they should. They should have the ability to know what the platform can do in order to be able to create a strategy around utilizing it. Now, the what is considered cursory knowledge, I think, is dependent on the person's role because, again, like the cursory knowledge of the platform may be more specific to someone that handles the data like they don't need to know how the emails are sent. They don't need to know about different aspects of, you know, mobile push or anything like that. They're more concerned about the analytics, the reporting, the data structures, that kind of stuff is where their cursory knowledge should be. Okay, that makes sense. Um, now we've touched different aspects of uh, SFMC. Are there things that from your experience, you think that the people at Salesforce could still improve? Like, is there something that, really bothers you while working with the platform you can't wait for it to be fixed <laughs> so i i'm pretty sure they're not going to like my answer on this but documentation and transparency are my two biggest pet peeves right now i i mean there is a ton of information out there it's just it's not easy to access and it's sometimes hard to understand like it, there's it's unfortunate when most of the best resources to help marketing cloud are not on the official documents like that's, i was that's, just gonna <laughs> i was just gonna say this this is this, this ties back to what we discussed earlier the how to sfmc your your curated yep. platform yep that's exactly how it came around was that there was not there was not the level of support to especially in the technical aspects of it that that there should be almost and, and i mean there's a lot too that through different support and services that they are unable to share at the business level, which completely makes sense. But at the same time, there's no transparency there on why they can't share or what they can't share, which gets frustrating because you're talking to them and they can't tell you anything. And you're thinking, well, these people don't know it when it's that they, they literally are unable to tell you a, that they can't tell you and B what the actual answer is. So it's, it's a bit frustrating different aspects around that as well. Absolutely. I think in my own experience, it's very similar. And, and mind you, again, we're based in Europe where they didn't have this professional services structure. And in the early days, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm talking early days after acquisition, though, not early days exact target. Uh, <laughs> There were still a lot of components that required professional service to be set up, but not everyone everyone always realized that on any side. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a great point as well. That the setup is something that they'll they'll sell you. It can do this. It can do this. It can do this. But they won't tell you that in order to do that, you have to do about a hundred hours of development work to set it up to be able to do that. That's uh, where you come in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, now, w one of the great things uh, I think about Salesforce is how open its ecosystem is. The App Exchange is the largest B2B app store in the world. And of course, solution providers like us, we at Deselect, we can build apps on top of it. So I'm curious, have you worked with any apps from the App Exchange? Uh, yes, I've worked with a lot of like the, the larger ones. Um, I've, I've worked like litmus uh return path those kind of things as well as a few custom ones whether i built it or it was an existing with that brand uh that 
it's it's amazing like i i agree that's one of the best features it goes back to where i was talking about before with the duct tape and bubble gum like this is a bit right. more professional version of that it, it gives you a nice clean solution to pick up where uh salesforce services or the platform out of the box features kind of fall short so like it, it's it's amazing that they allow you to to build on top of their platform like i i absolutely agree it's it's one of the best features there and it's the experience of the integration there is amazing like it, it really is you you plug it in and then you can use it <laughs> right it's, it's wonderful you mentioned you made custom apps you mentioned the, the the automation dashboard before of course is there any other one that that we should know about as far as what i built i i've built more specific uh apps outside of the uh the automation one that you mentioned uh and most of those like I, I think a great example is on Zuzana's blog that she has a great walkthrough on how to build a simple one i believe her example is a data extension finder that uh you you just create it through uh, a, a code snippet or a cloud page and it is able to then integrate it into the system and most of that kind of stuff is what what i've i've built i haven't delved too deep down the uh, rabbit hole there like for instance i'd have uh, something that would help create test data or help create repetitive segments uh, things like that 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 uh is more of what i would be building there than than anything large <laughs> well i'm very glad you mentioned repetitive segments because it perfectly ties into my next question. Uh, <laughs> no, as you probably know, at Deselect, we provide a drag and drop app to segment in SFMC. Um, so what are, of course, super interested to know what are the challenges uh, with regards to segmentation specifically that you've encountered? So one of the largest challenges, I would say, is the 30-minute timeout that SQL queries have. Like that, that's something that a lot of people don't, don't realize that honestly the marketing platform or i'm sorry the marketing cloud platform was not built to really handle a lot of those higher end segmentations and data manipulation so like it, there's a bit of that the the misunderstanding of what the platform should do compared to what it can do and and i mean your your uh, de select is a great way to help target them and set them to a specific um way to use the platform correctly so that they are able to do it where it's not hey i can build this crazy complex query and be able to do this awesome thing and then it times out <laughs> right, like, right. And, and then then you have to figure out why did it time out is it because i'm yeah. doing all this and i get it this way it's it's set out like yes you can do these these awesome custom segmentations through this way and this way you can control so that it doesn't get way out there to the level of you know they're trying to segment 50 million records through five or six different joins on relational data and creating it through all of this in a single query <laughs> exactly and i think this is where you mentioned earlier that smc is a crazy powerful platform from a technical point of view but with great power comes great responsibility right <laughs> so so this is exactly that and i think this is one of the roles where solution providers like us can can uh take the hand of the users and make sure they do it in the right way yep absolutely um, maybe just a few closing notes um you know 
given all your experience, all the work you've done, what would you recommend to people just starting out with SMC, uh, SFMC? What should be the attention points in a project? Uh, well, I would definitely recommend reaching out to communities. There's like uh, Email Geeks Slack uh, channel. There's a few SFMC specific on there and everyone there is very responsive and very considerate and nice. It goes from all levels. Like there's times that I post what questions in there there's times that i post answers and not every question that i post is the the most well thought out like high-end question there's a lot of times that i'll i'll post something and go duh and that's completely <laughs> fine like that's something that everyone does and everyone is understanding of so like don't don't ever feel bad to put a question up there that you know people are going to attack you uh, the same, uh, like there's Stack Exchange. Uh, there's tons of places, like for instance, on my blog or How To or uh, many other places where there's a resource page. And I find that to be the best way to find new points of information, whether it's like Adam Sprague's blog, Zuzana's blog, Ivan Razine's blog, uh, Elliot's videos. Like there's tons of hidden gems that if you explore those resources pages, you'll find. And, and that is probably the best way like get involved and get into different groups and communities like there's there's the salesforce uh success groups i think they're called I, i'm not positive on what they're they're name yet but there's those there's like the lookup answers the technical marketers meetup teach me sfmc that salesforce is offering through guild of hope there um and on top of that, there's all those blogs that you can look at and get different tips and information. That's a great list of resources. So, you know, in spite of maybe a lack of documentation as, as a concern, I think the community has definitely stepped in. Um, are there any lost thoughts or things you would like to share with our audience? Uh, I would just say keep 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 on trucking like it, it's it's a tough thing to get into because there is no dev environment so really it's it's you get knowledge through trailhead you can learn and read about it but it's difficult because the only way usually to get a job in marketing club is to have experience in it so it's it's rough there but if you keep going if you look at things where there's volunteer uh, capabilities on different things which will get you exposure to it and that will help you get in so like just keep looking and keep at it and always explore every option just because it's volunteer don't throw it away it can vastly help your career and provide value to you as well as to uh, the actual place that you're volunteering to Absolutely. Thank you, Greg, for uh, sharing your story today, for all the great advice. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for watching Heroes of Marketing Cloud. I hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to subscribe to stay up to date about future interviews with fellow marketing champions.